Tennessee Titans talk. Fellas, the schedule is out. It sure is. 16-0, right? Yeah, Landon texted last night and he said, I predict, meow, 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 and I was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the summer, so I'm going to live in a 16-0 and world right now. Well, we're 9-7, Jinx, and this is the last year that 9-7 is possible since we're going to 17 games. And we have to close out the 9-7 era with one last 9-7 season. Landon, no, we do not. <laughs> I'd like to say we're finally getting some respect. We got three primetime games, including an opening week game. Usually we've gotten one game. And our last game occasionally gets flexed into it, like when we played Indy for the playoffs. But we've got two locked-in games and the third against Green Bay in Week 16. That Week 16 game, it is often flexed for because one team isn't in the playoffs or things are locked up. But we're both great teams, and we're, we could both be in a position where that game impacts playoff seeding for both conferences. So I feel pretty confident we'll have at least three John, I'm going to talk to the scientists who created Landon. I'm going to see if they can, like, just edge him back where he'd be a little more optimistic. But he makes some good points there. We've got the respect of being one of the two Monday night games. I have my reasons why, but tell me about, as a Titans fan, we have not had a lot of primetime games. That is a sign of respect, right? I think so. I like that we have a Monday night game. Just because I have an early bedtime, I don't like that it's the second of the double headers to kick off the season because it starts at 10-10 Eastern, which is 9-10 Central, and I'm usually in bed by then. So it's yeah, but, that, a, but yeah. we're talking about the respect. I mean, I know in, your, uh, sure. in the throes of what your lifestyle is now, <laughs> uh, I thought of that too. Just a matter of they've got 32 teams. They have 16 games to choose on to choose two from. Everybody plays that week. What about the Titans for that late game? Yeah, I like no, it a I lot because like it. it's not like they were we, – if we were also playing the Chiefs or something, like, well, they picked the Chiefs, not us. Denver is intriguing. We also are. I really like the pick. I think this is about Derrick Henry. I think this is about how he ended the season. This is about our run, and this is – they'll be able to talk for three hours about Jarrell Casey, and they'll be able to talk about Derrick Henry's amazing run and how huge Isaiah Wilson is. There will be a lot of topics, and we'll see that unfortunate draft night thing with uh, Vrabel 50 times that night. But, uh, Landon, this is a sign of respect. Absolutely. You get to the AFC Championship game, and it's not a fluke. We just dominated two teams on the way to half a competitive football game against Kansas City. We're going to be in people's minds. And compared to seasons past where we always were at the brink of the playoffs or a 60, people don't really notice that. But if you're in the Final Four, people care. And also to give respect to Denver, Drew Locke looks really interesting. And they just added so many weapons and so much talent that they're going to be a hot, young, second-year team that people think could be the Chiefs or the Ravens where a second-year quarterback just lights it up. And if they're right, Monday Night Football gets a star quarterback to open up their season. Yeah, and I get that them being in a later time zone helps. But I do think sometimes even our primetime games in the past have been like, well, we have to give them this game or that game. No, I uh, yeah. I think it was a genuine sign of respect. We are an interesting team if, in a lot of different ways. Uh, guys, let me just ask you a few questions about the schedule. We're going to talk a little later about why they would go ahead and put it out. I, I don't think no one can say anything from a – future planning standpoint of if anything's really going to go off. I have our, we have our questions and we won't have a discussion about that, but let's just assuming everything goes off as was planned. 
uh, and announced yesterday. Let's talk about the most intriguing parts of the schedule for you guys. What game, when you saw the schedule yesterday, excited you the most? Like, oh, you just just circle it on the calendar first. I'm not sure if I'll be at the game, but I really like the primetime game against the Packers because, yes, a Monday night football game to open the season against the Broncos is a sign of respect. But, but yeah, the Sunday night game against Aaron Rodgers, we, we get Rodgers <laughs> and the Packers and we face LeFleur. And I think Aaron Rodgers is Mr. Sunday night. I feel like every Sunday night game over the past decade has been Aaron Rodgers time. Obviously not every every Sunday night, but I feel like the Packers are a team that are a, very frequent in that Sunday night time slot. And I think it's a big sign of respect that we get to play them as Landon kind of alluded to at the end of the season with a lot of playoff implications. Since it's an out of the division game, it won't have that much to do with our, our implications, but it, it'll have some, some meaning. And I think right. it'll be a really cool opportunity to play the Packers on Sunday night. Well, to my point earlier, uh, what I was trying to get at is we're currency now. We're not a liability. It's mm-hmm. like they looked on the schedule and said, Oh yeah, we can have them play the Titans. That could work. Yeah, the Titans. We're we're playable now. We're uh, sure. we're bankable, you know. And I think a lot of it is Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel. People's positive image of uh, Tennessee and Nashville now it just has changed. What stood out to me was we play in Baltimore November twenty second, so second half of the season. It's a noon game. I'm a bit disappointed that wasn't a primetime game, just for all the storylines and the facts that it's two of the top three or four teams in the AFC fighting. Where that could be the difference in a playoff seed maybe even a buy. I'm very confident that'll be a Nance Romo game the CBS primetime. And since it's in Baltimore, I won't be get, we won't be going. And I love listening to Nance and Romo. Just the respect to play a great team like Baltimore and get a great broadcasting crew just speaks to how respected we are now. Yeah, CBS has some pull there and I know the primetime stuff comes off first, but yeah, I think you're dead right. I think if uh, things hold that'll be a CBS game, it'll be really interesting. I mean, there's so many storylines, not to mention that we knocked them out last year. What else jumps out to y'all for the schedule? I think something that jumps out to me is we only have two potentially bad weather games. If you look at Baltimore, November 22nd, and Green Bay on the 27th of December, those are the two outdoor games not at home. And the rest of them are domes so, or nice weather So or at home. So we'll have the Lions at home, the Browns at home. We'll be playing at Indianapolis and at Houston and at Jacksonville at the later half of the year. And I, I love our ability to win a, a tough weather game, especially if we're at home. But not having to do that on the road too much is pretty incredible. What I like about that is uh, we are a cold weather, ugly weather team. Uh, but that means we can be that in the playoffs if need be and not have to do that down the stretch. You make an excellent point. The last week against the Texans, don't. Of course, the Packers, that is what it is. That might be a good tune-up. Then we play at home. Even uh, our December schedule, one of our road games, is in Jacksonville in December. That is not bad. So I really like where you're where you're getting at there. And even though we are built to maybe not built to be a dome team, I like the fact that uh, we were definitely fresh and ready to go for three cold weather tough playoff games. So um, yeah, that's a really good point. As a Titans fan, what was the first one that jumped out to you as far as that road game? Landon and I went to Charlotte last year and watched us play the Panthers. John, of course, you and I went to Cleveland in week one. What jumped out to you is like, hey, I want to go. It's the last game of the season, January 3rd, in Houston. I think they're going to be the third team in the division this year after us and the Colts. But who knows? that can be a game that can decide a playoff spot or even the division. 
It's warmer weather, it's nicer. Our games are always competitive against them. And it's about time, assuming we're as good as we think we are, that game can be us finally winning the division for the first time in over a decade. Yeah, even if it's already been decided, that would be a nice um, pop or it could be for the division directly or indirectly, John. That game stands out to me, but John, what 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 stands out to you? Kind of circled the Bengals because I'm curious to see Joe Burrow. Um, I have family in Cincinnati, so it's also not a really far drive for us uh, from here to Cincinnati, about four hours. Yeah, about so four that's hours. that's a game I totally plan on being at. Um, so I pencil that in as a, an exciting game, but I really like the, the Vikings too. If I could pick any game that I could go if it were an away game, I'd probably pick Minnesota because I really want to see that that stadium. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's I also really, yeah. not super cold there yet. That's right, what I exactly. like. I like to go. Like when we went to Cleveland, I mean, the weather was pretty charming. It was cooler than it was here, but, you know, the first weekend of the season. So to me, that's a factor. You get to see these cold weather cities before it's cold weather. Right. Yeah. So September 27th in Minnesota. I'm, I'm with you. I've been to Minneapolis. Beautiful place. Underrated city. Really clean and nice. Uh, big city. That's a good one. Denver uh, for that Monday night game, I think, would be outstanding. Uh, for me, Cincinnati is a fun, underrated town, too. Just about four hours up the road from Nashville. That city's come a long way in the last 10 or 15 years, I think. And the borough thing is going to be interesting. Landon and I went two seasons ago to see a Colts game in Indy. I, I mean, I've, I've kind of been there and done that. And we'll have to start really like putting it on them because when we went two seasons ago, Landon, you remember we got beat by like three touchdowns and it was just awful walking out of there. So still a bit traumatized for that. Everybody wants to go see Green Bay. It's a, it's a bucket lister to go to Lambeau for most NFL fans. But I don't know if I want to go at the end of December. Right. But, I don't want to go to December. Uh, that's the thing. I don't want to get the true experience. You guys know I, I, I used to live in Florida. I love Florida. Jacksonville, of course, is not as warm uh, and enticing maybe in December as uh, the rest of the state. But I do think it's a it's a fun city. So that December 13th game was the first thing I saw. And I've talked to you guys before, like last season, it just kind of dawned on me. It's like, why do I not go to every Jacksonville Titans game there every year? Because, of course, we play them every year. And I think we met somebody at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, a Titans fan, John, that said that they do that. It was like a no-brainer. So a uh, really good home slate this year, guys. Of course, Jacksonville. And then, of course, the Steelers come. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of fans down here. And I'll just say a lot of obnoxious fans, a lot of great fans. Uh, if this game is going to be played, that's October 4th. So I would say October is our most beautiful month. So, boy, there will be – and there are Steeler fans all over the country. I mean, they just really do have a national following. I think from when they were outstanding in the 60s and 70s and on TV a lot. Notice that. So we, that'll be a big one. Uh, of course, we play the Bills for the second time at Nissan Stadium in as many years. Do you know anything about the schedule, how that could come come about? I guess they have to – they do an algorithm, and sometimes there has to be something like that. But I don't think Bills fans mind at all. They, I think, outmatched us last year. Were, were you surprised by that, Land? We both finished second in the division, so we're going to play again. Each team plays their own division, a whole other AFC division, and then they play the two teams that finish in the same spot as them in the other two divisions. It's a bit surprising. It's a bit weird of a schedule, Kirk work because it's also in week five again so everything is the exact same down to the start time i'm not sure that's happened very often but it just comes down to we both finished second in the division and it was pretty much a coin flip i'd rather have them here we played we played them close with a terrible offense we missed four field goals that's a winnable game against a team that we'll be fighting with for playoff positioning if you listen to this podcast you know that i'm not a josh allen fan i don't think it's going to work out 
uh, for them. They do have a good team around him and a good coaching staff. I, I do think that that will be interesting to see. Moving right along here, we as far as our home games, of course, we'll host the Texans uh, October 18th. Then we'll host the Chicago Bears on November 8th. I don't expect them to have a particularly good season. Nick Foles could, could actually – be healthy and, and play well. I don't think they have drafted well at all over the years. I think this is the season that it catches up to Ryan Pace. Less need for that fact in, in Los Angeles. I think this is going to catch up to them. They ignore the offensive line a lot. They make really curious decisions. That'll be probably a cold or coldish game. I remember probably about a decade ago when the Bears came last, <laughs> literally on Broadway, <clears throat> literally. This is a yeah. place known around the world for – planning for a good time, ran out of beer on that Sunday afternoon before that game. Like literally all the bars on Broadway ran out of beer. So if everything's happening, they play this game, John, that'll be at least an interesting weekend, right? Oh yeah. For, for a fact, I mean, who knows what our economy will look like in the fall, but if Nashville needs a boom on Broadway, here come the bears (laughs) drink up fellas, you know, (laughs) have at it. Oh Um, yeah, absolutely. I remember going to that game. Yeah. Literally watched one of my friends get in a fight, after the game was already over, a Bears fan, or I think it was a Bear, it was either it was a Bears player or a Titans player throwing up a wristband, and there was this guy fighting over a little kid, and you know who actually you know they grabbed it at the same time, and you know my friend stepped in and literally pulled off this guy and was like, "You don't touch a kid." So it was it was pretty wild. So we play the Colts four days after that Bears game, which I do not like, but that'll be our color crush Thursday night game. That, of course, will be interesting and probably, we will guess, probably for a lot. And, of course, we will play them twice in three weeks. Of course, the league now kind of likes to wait these games towards the end of the season, these divisional games, because they want more teams to be playing for a playoff spot or a, or a division. With that extra playoff team, uh, which they should have done years ago, for only 12 of 32 teams to make the playoffs is just interesting. But even beyond being 14 out of 32 now, there will be a few more teams kind of in the mix for that last spot. Uh, that'll be interesting. Next home game after that, we'll be playing the Browns on December 6th. I think our friends Mitch and Jesse plan to come. It's going to be a blast. Oh, and be, I will t- I'll just warn all of our Titans fans, <clears throat> they will outnumber us there and they will be wild, especially if they are, <laughs> even if they're 500, right? They will be, boy, when we went up there, the passion is real. I mean, the tradition uh, maybe isn't, but if they ever have a good team, they're going to just peel. I think they're just going to quit jobs and just go follow them around. I mean, it's like, it'll be, it's incredible. That'll be exciting. Landon, do you expect the Browns just kind of generally to be relevant in December this? Uh... I think so. The biggest thing was the offensive line and lack of coaching control over the locker room. I, f- I think Kevin Stefanski, he'll hold respect on like, Freddie Kitchens, that'll keep the locker room together. Things won't fragment. Miles Garrett won't be suspended, hopefully. And they really upgraded their offensive line with Wills and Conklin. All their biggest holes look to be less of an issue. And they were at the brink last year until they fell apart post-Miles Garrett's suspension. One would think that we'll uh, we'll see a better Browns team, but um, I guess we'll find out. Kevin St- Stefanski has a good reputation around this league, and, and we'll see. I think it's going to be all about Baker Mayfield this year, but that regardless – even if they're up or they're down, they'll be intriguing, and their fans will be out d- December 6th here in Nashville. And then we play the Lions on twelve twenty. That hasn't been determined kind of what, when, but probably be a day game there. Uh, the Lions have a lot of fans that live here and work in the car industry, so it'll surprise people. They do have a really good fan base, too. it be interesting to see what they can do. 
So, I mean, that'll be kind of an, an, an underratedly well-attended game because that'll be, it'll be cold, it'll be around the holidays. At least they wear and blue, then, so. Yeah, so, right. So, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's a good season. That's a good slate of home games. Even if we do get to play all these games, and, you know, we're sort of, we have been through this for about seven weeks now, coronavirus stuff, and we've learned some things. People are starting to venture back out on a bit of a larger scale. But we don't know once, just the idea of 60,000 people all coming together at once, half of the Titans' demographic of season ticket holders is men and women, usually married couples about 55 or older, to go to these games. Other than that, it's people like me and you, John, that are kind of, you know, in the middle of life, you know, raising children, we might bring one of our children. That's the demographic. So are those people going to be there? Do y'all sit around and wonder what the game day, because these games are going to get played as soon as they can. There's so much money, but yeah, the most money is made from the TV rights. But if people don't come out to these games, it's going to cripple a, a team like the Titans in a lot of ways, because yeah, it's not the billion dollars that they make from CBS and ESPN and Fox, but it's hundreds of millions of dollars, right, John? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a big, you know, impact to the teams, and I think it's going to be a big impact to the players too. Because I'll tell you what, when you're a player, there's no better energizer than hearing a crowd go crazy. You know, that can't be artificially created. So even like, and. I would have been curious to see what had happened if they played the NCAA March Madness tournament without fans in the stands, you know, except for close family or whatever it was, just to get a barometer of what that looks like, because that's difficult. I've played in games where there are not a lot of fans there, and it's quiet, and it's just weird and eerie and creepy, and you can hear everything the coaches are saying on both sidelines. You can hear everything going on in the stadium. So that's something that is in the back of my head. If we have to, you know, go to this format where it's only the players and the referees and the coaches on the field and nobody in the stands, it's going to be weird. Um, So I'm hopeful that we get to a spot where we can maybe not have, you know, a full 60,000 fan stadium, but some sort of fan experience. Um, Because I'll tell you what, I want to go to every game and if I got to wear a mask, whatever, I've been doing it whenever we go out to the store, whatever that might be. I really don't even have any type of speculation on what could happen because it's such an unknown. But Absolutely. It's hard to even talk about it yet because we don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, how's it going to look? But you make a really good point about how it affects the players. We think about how it affects us as fans, or I do, and you you make a really good point is – it's going to change maybe even the on-game experience a little bit. Landon, you're younger than us, and you're very efficient in thought. You love coming to these games with us, but you also like watching um, NFL Red Zone and following your fantasy team. You uh, you keep up on the entire league. Uh, you enjoy a lot of the wins. creature conference we have. You don't really experience. You're not old enough to drink a beer, and you don't uh, all this stuff. So we talk to us a, a little bit like you were pre-show, but the, the major question is do you think – What's happening now, one way or the other, is going to negatively affect what the number of people that are going to show up to a game long term. A lot of people, my theory, Landon, is are going to have to sit out next year because there are so many comforts. Like the TV that I have is just the experience. Like when we – I didn't want to go to the cold weather playoff games. Just the information that you get immediately and you cook your own food and buy your own beer, you save a lot of money. I mean, we love the experience, John and I especially – and the game day and the tailgate and all that. But do you think that this could be the end of maybe this 60,000 people and this huge march? Maybe not for the five top teams that everybody goes to see, but could this cripple 
kind of the game day fan base? I think so, especially with how even last year when we were in the midst of four straight winning seasons, we're making a playoff push. The fan turnout was middling at best and a bit disappointing. We were outnumbered a lot. The fans weren't always into the game. And it's really just, especially this season, like you said, outside the couple top teams, the Chiefs, Ravens, Saints, Packers, a bunch of fans, especially in the times of economic uncertainty, are going to look at this game and think, why am I going to spend all this money to go to a game where I have to buy overpriced food and drink, where I risk my health, but I could stay at home, eat cheap, healthier, better food that I can cook, and it's hot. I can have as many drinks as I want without paying a ton. I have a bathroom wherever I want. Everything is perfect. I'm saving money. I'm saving money. I'm not risking my health, my family's health. And it's really just this year we're going to see record low fan turnout, I think, just because people are just not going to risk it. What what really matters is your life, your financial security, or going to go see a football team play a game when you know they're going to keep playing games long after this year. Yeah, I think you make a good point that although we might these games might be open to the public, John, people are going to be real wary. And that was my point about how we have a lot of really good fans. We just don't have as many as some of the other teams. So, But there's some super passionate fans. A lot of them are over the age of 55. And so I just wonder if Landon talks about the risk. They're, they're not going to go. And so I think we'll see a lot of these sporting events. Uh, the NFL has the benefit of they won't go first. There will be other sports leagues that will try to crank things up this summer. But he makes a good point, doesn't he, John? It's something I think about what you just talked about, about risking your own health. Yeah, when I just gave you my take, I'm like, yeah, I'm going. I don't care. You think about everybody else in attendance, and I know that I'm healthy, and I, I don't have the coronavirus, and I'm not really at a huge risk. And there might be other people who think the same thing, but the, maybe they're at a bigger risk, and maybe they have it, and they're asymptomatic, and then I'm sitting next to them. And then before you know it, that's, you know, I mean, and that's the whole reason why we aren't, why we're even talking about what we are just limiting that that chance everyone has a thing even yeah. if you think you if you would get it based on your demographic you probably might not even be symptomatic right but for me i'm in the prime of life and healthy but if i go to one of these games i can't go uh, that week and visit my 67 year old cancer survivor father right who has you know he's male he's over the age of 65 and he has a pre-existing condition so it's that domino that falls that we have to think about. People will think about that. It will keep them from going because it's not like it was before where you either go to the games or you don't see it. It's like literally Landon's point is the experience technically is a little bit better. Yeah. And that brings me to my next point. Steve Underwood has been the long time, I would say, call him like he's the vice president of operations. So obviously John Robinson is now the vice president of all of the football operations, not just the general manager. And uh, Steve Underwood came with the team from Houston. He was a longtime friend of the Adams family. And uh, he retired in 11 and then came back. Uh, we've seen him on game day. He's, of course, it's making the, the social media turns in the news cycle now. Um, just this morning and, you know, how weird facial hair that he has and all that. But <laughs> I don't know anything about the guy very much as a person. And I would guess he's a really good guy. He's been loyal to the family. I don't want to mean this as a... As a negative on him, but our operations, our game day stuff has lacked. It's good in the last five years as we've come on the football side. We just missed some obvious stuff. It's so ironic to me, guys, that across that river when you go on game day is literally 
one of the meccas of hospitality and getting people to come not to the beach, not to the mountains, just to go to just a line of old honky tonks. They have done that so well. They literally major in a party. And you go across that river, the food at game day is not good. The beer selection, even when it's it's gotten better, it's it's too expensive, really. Just a lot of the game day stuff, like weird things happen. Landon has uh, constantly made fun of how, you know, they get the numbers wrong and the, the videos are kind of on now. Not that we don't like some things of the entertainment. Uh, T-Rack's fun and uh, some of the videos are good. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't seem like a full effort and it doesn't seem like they're really connected. Of course, we know... Atlanta, you know, Arthur Blank is one of the preeminent owners in sports. He does a really good job, and he's hired a guy, you know, in his 30s that picks beer. They have $5 craft beers, and it's a a little less on the game day experience, you know, beyond buying the ticket. They have to work really hard to get fans in Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot of Falcons fans, but going there on game day, uh, and they've done a really good job of that. I was hoping just because Nashville is kind of the – burgeoning modern southern city that it is that we would see a better operations my hope is with a newer hopefully maybe younger maybe a diverse hire uh, we'll see some of those changes and you guys give me we'll start with you landon what's one change they can make on the game day that would make you more likely to keep coming i want more updates on the nfl games that are happening now things that affect us specifically i remember week 16 we're playing the saints it's in the fourth quarter late we don't one of our friends said the Jets are going to beat the Steelers, which means we're, we've are we got the inside track to making the playoffs, and we're all going crazy. And then they all the red zone highlights they showed throughout the day is Redskins-Giants, which doesn't matter to us at all. It's just there's a bunch of cool-looking touchdown plays, but that don't matter to the playoffs, which is what fans care about. Then next week, Chiefs-Chargers, when Fitzpatrick scores, gives Miami the lead, the Chiefs are going to get a bye. I think they played on their Jumbotron. They showed it to the fans. Just the whole stadium just goes in an uproar. And why shouldn't they? That should have been happening at Nashville. After so many years of being so close to the playoffs, the Jets of all teams beat this, the hated Steelers to give us a shot. And we only know about it because we're checking our phone. You're just so insulated from the rest of the NFL that walking out, it's like you don't know anything else that happened. You have to update everything. And to me, that just really is frustrating because I love the entire NFL. I like to stay up to date on everything that's happening, knowing all the games. At the Titans games, you know a couple highlights and that's it. What's funny is they could solve that by having somebody, not even the operations guy, but just hiring a small team of people, just game day people, that really understand the fandom and what would be relevant to us. See, that's something they already have the technology and people younger than us, John, I mean, even us, but especially younger than us, that's a deal breaker because they're so used to having technology right then and there. But that's an easy change they can make. But that requires them to be dialed in. And a lot of my problems with them, they're just, they mail it in. They know we're a captive market. The food doesn't have to be better. The beer doesn't have to be cheaper. So it isn't. But they've lost an opportunity there because they're gonna, they were going to have to fight for every fan anyways. After this pandemic, they're really going to have to fight forever. So we'll see if they hire somebody that even if they want to, they can get it right. It seems obvious to us. Uh, we're huge fans. For the younger folks, they need to make it relevant where when, that, when we're not watching our game and we're sitting through a TV break, that what we want to know is up there. Landon makes that terrific point, of course. What's your one thing that you want to see them do? We've talked about, uh, you know, the the front office and their events before and all that kind of stuff. I remember when you and I went to 
the Grand Old Opry Hotel for Mike Vrabel's entry event. It was so poorly run, and you and I were just the whole night. Just it was hard. embarrassing. It, it was it was ridiculous. It was poorly put on. You know, for something that ha- had been announced months ago, this thing had been planned as if it were just you know done yesterday and it was a, a terrible venue it was a terrible spot to do it it was in the basement the you know you couldn't see Vrabel and then they had just hours of footage I think we left before Vrabel even took the stage because it was just you couldn't not, hear it yeah it was not good it was, it was such a joke it was awful um, now they've done other stuff since then like the uniform reveal and gotten better but yeah, yeah. I think the, you know, the big the bigger things like uniform unveil the draft I think that kind of speaks to their credibility and they've learned from that too but kind of like you hit on like i i like landon's point but that takes your focus away from what's happening inside the stadium that draws your attention outside and yeah it's all important stuff and if they do it you know strategically like during a commercial break or you know during a timeout or something like that i yeah i think that's great uh, but i i remember going to that cleveland game you know their food was better their beer was better their on-field stuff was better i mean for us, we literally <laughs> forced the NFL to change a policy because we set the field on fire this past season. Yeah, I mean, that was also embarrassing too, and could have been really yeah, dangerous. It I mean, it really dangerous. could have been a disaster. And it things happen, and yeah. they put it out quick. I'll say the emergency <clears throat> folks did a really good job, and that happens. But it just is kind of underscore that man, yeah. everybody else does it better every week. Right? I mean, and I mean, we saw we even saw the Ravens this year, or they did the first like holographic. Raven that flew over the stadium. If you remember, I, I'm, I know it was on the TV broadcast. I, I don't know. I imagine it's probably on the jumbotron that they have in their stadium where you can see this giant Raven swoop in and fly over the, over the stadium. So I thought that was pretty cool and innovative. I don't know if we need to necessarily go that level, but like you said, we have to nail the food and beverage game. We have to, I, I can't tell you, you know how many times I've complained about our team store. Like you can't go in there and look oh, without spending an hour because it's just a circus. So they've got to clean that up. They've got to be more efficient at serving in the store, in in the restaurants, you know, getting the food out, getting the beer out. So you've got to get quick in and out because like Landon said, one of his big things about why he doesn't like sometimes going into the games is everything takes so long. It's because it's not, it's not run efficiently. It's not thought you know, out by, by right. an actual fan. You know, exactly. that's I think there's a disconnect because it's somebody's friend or a longtime friend that runs it. And if we had that job, we would just sit around how we can make it better because we live that experience. And I hope right. they do that. I hope they do that. You can't just send out a feedback card because we have a lot of feedback. We've never given it. That's their job. They'd figure it out. And yeah, we should do that. But that's the idea. It has to be a connected fan. You make an excellent point, too. It's the details that they could do, but they could. All this stuff is correctable. It would just take a lot of work. But the irony is, Along with Orlando, Florida, because of Disney and all the parks and New Orleans and Vegas, Nashville has more people that work in hospitality than any city its size. The irony is they have a lot of people in this town that just perfect the sort of things we're talking about, the kind of issues and problems. They just need to hire some of them or one of them. They just need to hire those people and let them work because of the people running it's huge. I mean, Opryland Hotel has 2,700 rooms. It is the biggest hotel that's not in, in Atlantic City or Vegas. I mean, there are just teams of people that just really know how to throw a party for tens of thousands of people. So they need to get a clue and they need to connect with our community and the people that do that well. Well, and it's funny you say that because, you know, right across the, 
the bridge, we have the Predators who I think it was two years ago they were oh, yeah, are the, the best. number one fan experience in all of the NHL. So clearly Nashville can do it. Well, y'all <laughs> heard me say that a bunch to say, why don't they just hire the Predators people? Because you go to that game and you go to third and they had to earn every fan. Yep. I remember, you know, I was here, I was living here. I never thought that would work. But even in the early 2000s, you'd go. They had to earn and they had to make the game experience fun. They had Tim McGraw there. They had all. They did everything. They fought literally for every fan, one fan at a time. And then you go back. The team was good. David Poyle has put together a good team for literally like 25 years. You go, then you go there now. And on a Thursday night, they're playing like a random team. They're playing like the Phoenix Coyotes and they still got 15,000 people there because the experience is terrific. And so that is another irony. The Titans are on the lower end of game day experience in throughout sports, and the Preds are one of the 10 best talked about most fun experiences in sports. So they tapped into the city, and uh, the Titans have an opportunity here with this new hire to do the same. Landon, teams that have a, a really early or really late buy, I think sometimes can be at disadvantage. Uh, what, we, we landed pretty well on bye week, right? Yeah. Our bye week is week seven, so six games, then our bye. And it's a bit disappointing because after that bye, we have the we have the Bears on a Sunday, then the Colts on a Thursday. That just that combination of a Sunday-Thursday game always affects yeah, health and rest. And just a, a team's mojo. I would, that's really my only issue is that we had a Sunday-Thursday. I much prefer it if it's... I really think they should do it where you have your bye week, then a Thursday, then you wait all the way till the next Sunday to play to minimize injury risk because we always see so many injuries. It just feels like the on-field product of Thursday night football just isn't that good because teams aren't rested for it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't like that turnaround that we have, but week seven seems like a pretty good draw. That'll be it for this week. Glad you guys join us. Please follow us, comment. That helps us. It helps other people find us. Share us to somebody. We just appreciate all of our listeners. We'll be back with you next week, and we're going to talk about the AFC South draft classes besides our own. We'll talk about what the teams we don't like, how they did. We'll be back with you next week. Everybody stay safe. Tighten up.